Hello and welcome. Today we're talking again about how Premier Health is helping you to succeed in a value-based environment. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane. In this podcast series, we're exploring Premier Health Plan. That's the health insurance company that Premier Health created to support the system's vision of building healthier communities and healthier people. In this segment, we'll discuss one of the plan's care advising programs. These programs for health plan members are built on evidence-based population health strategies to help you help your patients to be healthier. Today, our subject is the Transition Care Program, and with me to explain it are Dr. Todd Kepler, Medical Director of Premier Health Group. We're glad you're with us. Thanks, Leslie. And Care Advisor Denise Caserta. You hold an RN and a BSN and have been a Care Advisor since the beginning. Welcome. Thank you, Leslie. Dr. Kepler, I'd like to start with you. Premier Health Plan offers a number of care advising programs. Help us understand what the transition care program does. I think, Leslie, the first thing to do is really kind of describe what transition care is all about. And that is helping patients move from an inpatient setting to an outpatient setting. And the transition care program helps those patients do that in a safe manner. So what is the goal of the transition care program? And are there different or perhaps complementary goals for patients and their doctors? So in a population health model, we are looking at patients and find that there are different segments of patients that are very vulnerable. And one of the most segments, most vulnerable, is the patient that's moving from an inpatient setting to an outpatient setting. And that is for a variety of reasons. Number one, the discharge instructions patients get can be very complicated. Medications that are started in the hospital may be different than the medications the patient had when they went into the hospital. There may be multiple things that need to be done uh, to follow up different health concerns that were uncovered during the hospitalization. And in general, it's just very complicated for many patients. The more problems you have, the more medications you're on, and certainly the older a patient is, it just becomes more complicated. And this program really helps those patients maneuver that course. How does the doctor, the the patient's doctor, connect into this program? That would occur when the care advisor makes any kind of outreach to the office. So the care advisor would get involved with the patient at the time of discharge. And uh, during that initial interview, the patient's health concerns would be reviewed, hospitalization would be reviewed, medications, uh, et cetera. And the care advisor uh, would then make recommendations for the patient and perhaps even uh, reach out to the office to make sure that the patient was being followed up appropriately. So hospitals serve so many kinds of patients. I mean, I can think there's the maternity patient, a joint replacement patient, a cardiac surgery patient, a 90-year-old with COPD. Who really is a candidate for this kind of program? Is it the whole range, or are you targeting certain kinds of patients? We are targeting certain patients. We have a risk stratification tool, and the different things that go into that logic would include things like uh, patients' diagnoses, their medications, 
certain demographic information, things like age and sex, even zip code, history of admissions, and all of these things go together to determine what the risk of the patient would be for readmission or having further complications after the hospital discharge. And it's that segment of patients that become a candidate. So I want to get into a little bit more about what, um, how this works with the patient, but because we're talking about health plan members, is there an additional cost to the patient to be in this program? This is a service that's available at no additional cost. It's really part of the premium that's paid, and this is what we would consider a value-added service. So care advisors are certainly a key element in the success of the transition care program. So, um, Dr. Kepler, what is the role and the goal of that care advisor? So the role and the goal of the care advisor is really to reach out to the patient, look at everything that was done during the hospitalization, look at what the needs are in the home, and try to bridge the two so that everything is very safe for the patient, the patient's getting the appropriate follow-up after the hospitalization, and it's really trying to, to bridge the continuum of care. Well, I think I can speak for all of us who have experienced coming home from the hospital, either personally or with family members, it can be challenging. Denise, what do you do as a care advisor to make it less challenging to help ease that burden for the member or the member's family? Well, Leslie, you are certainly correct in that sometimes it is challenging and it is overwhelming sometimes for those patients. Um, I have found when we're following up with those patients when they're discharged is helping them guide to their options. Again, also, we had talked about briefly um, their discharge instructions and coming home. And once they're home, sometimes making sure that there is clarity of understanding. There's also that ability for us to be able to go over and teach. Um, we also can coordinate with other services that are within that home to help guide if need be, depending upon the services needed or what the patient's needs are. So what are some of the typical aspects that you deal with in helping somebody adjust to being at home? I mean, the real practical things. The real practical things, Leslie, as you spoke about, is the new medications. Do they truly understand their medications? The other thing, is there any special lifestyle changes that they need to adhere to, such as increasing some exercise, diets change, things of that nature? We have other um, services, that extended care services, that can help with that and help educate the patient as well, if need be. Can you talk a little bit more about those extended services? What do you what do you mean? Sure, Leslie. As we're speaking with the patient, there might be medication needs that they can't afford. We have a social worker that is able to intervene perhaps and see what is available for additional resources for them. There's also a dietitian if they have a specific diet change or um, perhaps a surgery that has altered their intake of normal food. We can reach out and talk to them and work through that as well. Again, we can also work with their provider in this and see what's needed more short-term as well as long-term with them. So what if somebody can't go directly home? Do you have a role in helping arrange an interim transition, or where does that fit into the plan? 
there are care advisors within the hospital, and they help with the hospital staff to facilitate them to other facilities that they would need, such as if they need to go to rehab for a short period of time or even for an extended care facility for a short period of time as well, too. And then we work with them when they're ready to transition out of that particular arena of care and back into the home. And we make sure that that is a a safety for them, that they can do it, that caregivers are available for them, and that all their needs are met that way. So we should think about transition care as really from whatever care setting to home. Correct. So Denise, how would I, as a patient or or a plan member, even connect with a care advisor? How do we find you? As Dr. Kepler had spoke about um, the stratification process, we do get a notification as a care advisor that this person is in the hospital, and we look at that with the discharge team from the hospital within the Premier Network as well, too, uh, to see how they are doing and what are their needs when they go home. So they can also reach out to member services and ask for a care advisor as well, too, if they feel that they are in another organization and are coming home and have some needs or some questions on their care when they come home as well. So how do I, as a patient, um, fit into this partnership? Do I have things I have to do? I don't, apparently I don't have to enroll in a program, but are there things that you're expecting of me, some responsibilities that I would have as a patient to take part in this transition care program? Um, Not so much in the program, so to speak, but there are some patient responsibilities. Patient responsibility, obviously, is to join your provider in making decisions about your health care. It's your responsibility to ask questions, to explore what options you have and what needs you have and what available services you have or need as well. So that we can understand how this works In practical terms, can you tell us about someone you're working with now or recently and start with how you became involved and some specifics about what you did along the way to help that plan member? Um, Recently, I have a story to tell how I helped a member in the patient had just gotten home from the hospital and had a surgery that altered their elimination process. Um, When I called the very first morning, knowing that they were having home care, I wanted to check to make sure they were doing okay. And they had, um, with that altercation, there was an appliance that was used and the appliance fell off. And the spouse had said that they had called EMS in order to try to bring the patient back to the hospital because this was a crisis situation for them. And was very scary and very frightening for them and um, I was able to call them and reassure them and we did a temporary thing and what I did is that I called the home care company and facilitated for the ostomy nurse to come out and the ostomy nurse was on their way within an hour and they felt very comfortable about that and then I followed up the next day and they were it was really a great outcome the ostomy nurse was there was able to help them and troubleshoot for some urgent or emergent to them situations type thing and it turned out really great and to me that was a great way to be able to be there for the patient and to give them a lifeline, so to speak. Um, Just somebody else there to be able to help them manage or teach or comfort. In a case like that, what's the duration of your involvement? Because it seems to me it could go on 
for some time. Is this more a short-term relationship or long-term? Usually in the transition care, it's usually approximately about a month that we call the patients. We call them once a week or more often if need be, uh, but that is the expectation. We are there in assistance along with extended care services, as we spoke about home care or other services in there that the patient may have. So with that, it is more of a short term to kind of get them to know what their needs are, to make sure they're over that hump, that they're on the right path, and to be able to help them and guide them in that. So here's a question for both of you. What feedback do you get from members? How do they respond to this service? I personally would be thrilled. It's been a very positive feedback. They have really been grateful that we've been there, and the providers seem to have been very grateful that we've been there as well, too. And I would second that, Denise. The most interaction I have would be with physicians, and I get a lot of positive feedback about our transitions program. I hear your enthusiasm, Denise. What do you tell members to encourage them to take part, or does it not need any encouragement? They're so happy to find this resource. Well, Leslie, there's always those patients that do need encouragement, and there's always those ones that are very grateful that you're there to do that. So finally, Dr. Kepler, I'd like to ask you how you would describe the success of the program so far. We've talked about the impact on patients, but what about your other goals for this program? How do you define success? Piggybacking on Denise's comments, Leslie, uh, anecdotally, we get a lot of feedback from the care advisors, from uh, patient stories, and from providers. So for instance, uh, oftentimes the medications are not correct, and the care advisors are able to get those corrected. Other examples would include uh, common problems like weight gain with congestive heart failure. So a patient goes home, they have weight gain, they are able to communicate with the care advisor, and the care advisor is able to intercept by calling the physician and getting a change in some medication to help prevent another emergency department visit or hospitalization. And we have one example of a patient who had a deep venous thrombosis, which is a blood clot, and should have been on a blood thinner when they were sent home and went home without that prescription being written, the care advisor was able to contact the physician and get that order. More specifically, we have some data from our employee plan, which amounts to about 17,000 patients. Between 2015 and 2016, we saw a decrease in our readmission rate from 8.8% to 7.5%, which is about a 15% reduction. So we feel that that's a direct result of our uh, transition care program. Continued success. Absolutely. And you can't see it, but they're both smiling, big, broad smiles. I want to thank you all for sharing your insights about Premier Health Plan and the transition care program. We hope this has been helpful for our listeners. And remember, you can access these podcast episodes at premierhealthplan.org slash providers. Meanwhile, thank you to Dr. Todd Kepler, Medical Director of Premier Health Group and Care Advisor Denise Caserta. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.